Greetings, Summoners, and welcome to The Rapid Recall, a weekly talk show giving you a quick rundown of what's hot in the world of League of Legends esports. My name is Joey, and this week, I'm not sure if I'm impressed or I'm mortified with CLG. And I'm DK, and right now, Gambit is absolutely killing my fantasy team. Alright, to kick off every show, we're going to take a look at some of the week's biggest stories and have a short discussion about each one. The sound of the bell means it's time to move on. This week, we're going to talk about EU Madness, ELO Hell, and the road to Korea. But first, there was no bigger news in esports this week than the bomb that CLG dropped on all of us last night. It's been known for a few days that their top laner, Seraph, would be returning to Korea to renew his visa this week. But what we didn't know is that the rest of the starting lineup for CLG is going to be joining him on his trip so that they can boot camp with their coach, Monte Cristo, against some of the Korean pro teams. With their playoff position basically solidified going into Super Week, CLG will field a team full of subs, including LCS veterans Hotshot GG, Nien, and old arch rival Kaox. What do you think about all this craziness, Joey? Uh, well, it took me a little bit to actually process what's happening. You know, no enough CLG is going to be in the LCS this week. And then once I came around to it, I kind of thought it was a stroke of genius because this week was going to be a crapshoot at best already when you consider that Seraph wasn't going to be there and they haven't been playing so well. And so really, and also you consider that they weren't going to have a lot of great time to prepare for the postseason and for Worlds if they make it. So I actually think that this is an ingenious solution. I think this is pretty smart on CLG's point, depending on what they have set up for them when they get to Korea. Listening to Monte Cristo, this isn't something that's been in the works for a while. It was kind of like a Kelby idea that came out of nowhere and they ran with it. I'm looking at Korea's schedule right now. A lot of the top teams are either still in OGN, they either have the first place or third place, and then the rest of the top teams are still playing for NLB, and there's a lot of crucial circuit points still to be earned, plus then you have the Korean qualifiers. I don't know if the Korean teams are going to take time out of their schedule to scrim a team like CLG if they don't think that the NA scene is worthy of their time. Yeah, that's a that's a definite concern. If I'm a top Korean team, I really don't care what North American team is coming here to try and practice against us. I think, though, you might be underestimating the fact that even if Korea is a much stronger region on the whole than North America, I think... There's enough morbid curiosity there that CLG is probably going to be able to get in some screams for a couple weeks, you know? That's true. And, you know, I don't think they're going to have a lack of, you know, the lack of stream partners isn't what's bothering me. It's the quality. Like, are they going to get the top Korean teams? Because there's always that debate. Is a tier two or tier three Korean team really better than like a C9 or a TSM? We don't know because we never see those matchups. And I guess CLG would probably be able to tell us. As for dipping out of the LCS, I think it's genius, and I think it's something that happens in pro sports all the time. I know people are complaining about it because they don't get to see their best players or their fantasy lineups are screwed, but I can't tell you the amount of fantasy football championships I've lost over the years because my best players don't play in the last couple weeks because playoff position is already solidified. So from that standpoint, from an LCS standpoint, I don't really feel like we're losing too much. I... Really couldn't agree more with that point. CLG is already a lock to qualify for the postseason, so the worst thing that could possibly happen is that they fall down to the sixth place seed, and even then, this is this is something that they just need to do. They've been looking so shaky over the past couple of weeks. Dexter, Dexter has not been playing up to snuff. Link hasn't been playing up to snuff. Sarah's still been struggling. I think the team has a lot of issues, and taking this uh, sabbatical, if you will, to go to Korea... Real quick, real quick. Sorry. 
does this team win a game? Does this CLG take any games this week? Because I don't think so. The uh, the Frankenstein's monster. No. I, yeah. Do they? I think they can take it at least. I think they can take games. So CLG is obviously confident in their positioning, but we still have teams fighting for a shot at the postseason. Perhaps most interesting is complexity. They have a comparatively easy week against Curse, Evil Geniuses, C9, and Dr. Hotshot's monster, where Curse, the team standing in their way, has to face off against Complexity, but then also Dig, TSM, and LMQ. The short of it is that Complexity is still only two games out. Can they make it? Absolutely. Obviously, I'm not going to call them the favorite because they're two games back, but really it's going to come down to that Curse versus Complexity game because... I don't see Curse, the way they're playing right now, taking a game off TSM or LMQ. Like, I think those are out. And Dig will be tough, but I think Dig, who's still jostling for playoff position, could potentially, especially with CLG taking it off, they're going to want to jump into that third-place spot. So I could see Dig taking down on Curse as well. Complexity, on the other hand, they're going to win some games. You know, If they can beat Curse, they'll beat EG or this whatever CLG's thrown out there. So... Complexity going 3-1 and Curse going 0-4, I definitely see that happening. But even if it's 3-1-1-3, Curse is out then on tiebreakers. So i got to give Complexity the edge here. Right, and you mentioned the tiebreakers, which is what's most interesting to me. We talk, Everyone talks about Complexity being the blue shell where, oh man, look, they'll always be, they just keep beating the, whatever team happens to be in first on the given week. But they're winning the series against Curse. They're 2-1 two, they're two against them right now, which... It's funny to talk about complexity as being the team where it's like, how do you prepare for a team that doesn't know what they're doing? But for a team that doesn't know what they're doing, they've been able to reproduce wins in a frightening, consist- frighteningly consistent way. Then, I, I again, like, I don't think they're going to make it. I think they're out, and I think they're going to fight in relegation. But watching them make a run would be really interesting and, above all, doable. I don't know. I, I think that... Complexity would give whatever third place team, whether it be Dig, CLG, TSM, C9, um, especially C9, I, I think it would be a really interesting 3-6 matchup because Complexity has shown they can hang with those teams. Curse, on the other hand, I, I'm still not sure what Curse tries to do. Like, yeah, they get Yeah, wins, I agree but... with this for sure. Oh my, I think Curse's worst quality by far is their draft. They keep giving Voiboy Oriana, and he's not very good at Oriana. And then Dom picks, like, Rengar or something like that. And then they just, like, don't really seem to accomplish anything. But let's cut to the heart of the matter. Let's say Complexity does make it, knocking out uh, most likely Curse. Do you think that they can take a best of five against any other team that's currently in the top five? I think they can make it interesting. Plus, at least in Riot's original statement, it's only a best of three in that first round. The best of fives don't start until games gone the following week. So do I think they can take a best of three off of C9? Well, yeah, they've taken two of two of three already. Can they take a best of three against a struggling CLG? Definitely. TSM, I mean, TSM looked good last week, but they still, you know, they have a new player. Uh, and they obviously didn't like their team synergy. So... Do I think they're going to do it? No. Would it shock me if they did it? Yeah, I'd be pretty surprised, but I'm not. I'm by no means calling it impossible if they get in, and more likely if they get in than if Curse were to get in. I don't. Th- they have a single-digit percentage chance of ever be- of taking a series against any of these other teams. I mean, sure, they're. It's funny to be like they're two-one against C9 over the course of the split, but complexity doesn't know. Can barely put together one win at a time. How do you expect them to do two or three in a row? 
All right, time to jump across to the other side of the Atlantic. The top and bottom are already locked up, but we the control for the middle is really tense. SK Gaming, Millennium, and Super Hot Crew are all jockeying for third place right now. We both think that uh, Alliance and Fnatic will make the cut for Worlds. You said at the beginning of the year that you thought SK was going to be that third team. You still confident with that? I'm still... I still think SK is going to make it, but I'm a little bit less confident. I think of these three teams, the uh, the team that has the lowest chance is probably, in my mind, Super Hot Crew. They just kind of like complexity, but with bigger guns. They always look so lost in game. They're always prolonging games and just kind of hoping that the other team throws and they can get back into it. SK, especially after the way they played today against Fnatic, showed that they still know how to craft a game state where they can just push whatever advantage they happen to have and roll it into a win. And Millennium, I think, is... They're tenacious, I'll say. And so I think it's probably going to be between SK and Millennium to for that third spot. So yeah, swinging back to the beginning of the year, I picked Millennium mm-hmm. uh, after their 4-0 Super yep, you Week. you were on the hype was... train. Yep. I was, and I still think I am. I, you know, I, if you'd asked me this question two days ago, before Super Week started, I would have been absolutely 100% all guns in on Millennium, because SK just didn't look like they know what they were doing. SK's scary right now. SK has, I don't know if it's they've identified their weakness, they've identified weaknesses of other teams, but you don't do to Alliance and Fnatic what SK did without being a team that knows how to play this game. So... I, I'm still with you. Alliance, Alliance Fanatic is going to be the finals in Europe, uh, barring any huge upsets. But that third place game, I'm not looking, I'm not excited to go against SK because look at all the things you have to ban out. Like, Freddy, if you give him Aatrox or Nidalee, GG, right? But those aren't champions you can exactly pick away from him. And you really need to go two bans at him and then give Candy Panda and Jezus pretty much pick of whatever they want. I think you're actually kind of, when you're talking about picks, I think you're actually looking in the wrong place. Sure. Sure. Freddy's, Freddy's good on those champions, but I think one of the key things that made SK look so scary this week in particular, and something that isn't really going to do them any favors go uh, in, in the, bands at least, is the fact that they got enraided to really start playing Gragas, which is great. I mean, with an ultimate as powerful as what Gragas has, giving the smartest person on your team the ability to just break up your opponents at a moment's notice, like, that's what I think is really doing it for them. Actually, I was watching the Fnatic SK game today, and I thought enraided's Gragas was the, re- the weakest part of that team comp. Though, you know, that just goes to show, Gragas has been first pick or banned in a huge majority of the LCS matches this week in Europe. So it shows he's a priority pick. So that just shows SK's ability to swap around. Like, yeah, their top laner can't play Gragas, but they can still steal Gragas from the other team and give him to their support. That, I think, is key, more so than N-Rated's decision-making, which, again, was suspect at best. You know, it's only one game with Fnatic, but... Uh, Right, he didn't. Sell and me I'm not. It. I'm not saying giving N-rated Gragas is a free win for SK. And I don't think. I don't think in a best of five series, which they're going to have to win eventually if they want to make it to Worlds. I don't think in a best of five series you can rely on this one power pick for one of your players. I'm just saying the fact that they're giving such a power, like such a powerful engagement tool to a player as smart as N-rated, and I do think he's incredibly smart. The fact that they're doing that tells me that they're back on track. They're like, they have it figured out. You know. For the entirety of the summer split, we've been focusing on which three teams from either region would qualify for Season 4 World Championships. Over the next month, a single elimination in each region will determine all three of those spots. 
The seeding for the tournament will be determined by the summer split regular season standings. Over in Korea, Samsung Blue has already qualified for Worlds because they've acquired enough circuit points over their seasons of OGN. Tournament winners and circuit points are obviously two very different styles of qualification. Which do you like better? So I've been a huge proponent all year for the season, the regular season and the postseason tournament in the LCS. And I do still like that. I think it's very entertaining and I think it falls more in line with, you know, the quote unquote traditional supports. But the more I think about world qualification and I think the more I watch Super Week in the in the Europe in Europe right now, the less I like it as a way for like the ultimate end all be all qualification for worlds because you have a team like Rocket who's playing pretty well right now. You know, I again I think they have an outside shot, but this might just prove to be their patch. Like they were ahead against Alliance, they're winning games, they're looking good, but they've been sixth all split and they were third in the spring. Like you're not you can't argue to me they're a best three team in Europe, but if they're just good on this patch that this tournament happens to be good on, they could get that seed into worlds. And I don't think that's fair. Uh, that's a fair that's a that's a valid point to say that you don't want a team that doesn't deserve it to qualify just because it's their patch but on the other hand part of the nature of the game is that they have to play on a patch you know i don't like i mean the thing is if you're in ogn right now and this happens to be your patch you can just make a run through the brackets and you can do really well and you can win a season of ogn and qualify that's what sk telecom did last year i'm not saying i think they're a patch team i'm just saying they made an unimpressive showing in spring and then they win summer and they're in so it's valid to say that you don't want a team to make it in just because they were good on one patch, but there's no real solution to that problem. But see, the Korean one isn't perfect either in my mind, because take a team like SKT. They were amazing at last year's Worlds and this year's winner, but they haven't been able to get into the Final Four in OGN in either split, yet they're still in a really good spot to qualify for Worlds coming out of Korea. But they're not a team that's playing their best right now, so how can you argue that they're the best to represent korea right now okay well here's how i would argue it first of all i would say they got in the spring and in the summer they got eliminated from they got eliminated from ogn by samsung white who's like top three teams in the world so so there's no shame in that but the other on the other hand people complain all the time about how the spring split doesn't matter and yet ogn has a system whereby they make winter and spring matter so do you th- like let, let's not let's not pretend this is either or for a second. What if you uh, the LCS kept the structure it had now, but instead of just basing it on the play at regionals, they use some sort of like a hybrid circuit point system so or scaling that's circuit actually, points? That's kind of what I wanted to touch on. I don't know how China's doing it this year, but last year the Chinese team you had two splits, and the top two teams from one split and the top two teams from the second split played in a tournament to get the two teams that would go and represent Worlds. So I think you should be able to qualify for some type of tournament, kind of like Korea decides their third split, or their third position, mm-hmm. and play that through. So you get teams that have been playing well all year, that gets you into the tournament, and then teams that are playing well now, that gets you into Worlds. And that's how the world, like the FIFA World Cup is too. So I think Riot should look into something like that, rather than just saying, okay, you won one or two best of fives in uh, August, you can go to Worlds. All right, that's all the headlines we have for you guys. So now we're going to move on to this week's game. And what we're going to be doing is we're playing a different version of Pick a Card. So instead of picking from two or three options like we have in previous weeks, the entire professional player pool is going to be up for grabs. Joey and I are going to be debating which world-class player from each position is being held in 
quote-unquote ELO hell by their team. Think back to Bjergsen's days with NIP or Coach Shifter. All right, after 90 seconds, a bell goes off, and we're moving on. Uh, what position should we start with, Joey? I think this is the easiest one to start with, so let's pick your ELO hell jungler. Anyone that listens to this show can kind of guess where I'm going here. I'm going to pick Diamond from Gambit Gaming. I think the only argument you can really make is, is Diamond still classify as a world-class jungler? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the first to say his Kha'Zix doesn't make me think so. But here, Diamond, when he got cut from Gambit, I think there was six teams in Europe and seven teams in NA that probably would have rushed to pick him up immediately had he stayed a free agent forever, you know, for a little bit longer. Uh, he's still the best, and that Gambit team is... Just, I mean, I know they're playing well this week, but they're nowhere near the level yeah, that they're, Diamond they're bad. deserves. There's there's no two ways about it. They're definitely bad. I'm actually... Hmm, I, I was initially going to say Diamond also, but then this morning I watched... I had the pleasure of watching the KT Arrows play against SK Telecom S, and I realized that my boy Kakao is still struggling. It's weird to say that... It's weird to say that Kakao is stuck in ELO hell if he just made it to the finals of OGN, but dear god, half of that team is horrible, and the other half only plays on 50% of days. And he's one of the best junglers in the world, there's really no doubt in my mind. The fact that they have done this well is really just a testament to his success. He is definitely my pick for the jungler that's stuck in ELO hell. I don't know. Rookie kind of put that team on his back in game four. No, but... no. Rookie's good, and Arrow is also good. The thing is, Hachani only like pl- only shows up half of days, and someday is like mediocre at best. The team is a train wreck. All right. How about the player most on Summoner's Rift's Island? Pick your ELO Hell top laner. I'm going to pick Flame for this one. I think he's... I recently watched Thorin's interview with Flame, and it was great. And it and something he mentioned was that Flame is probably the best player to have never won an OGN title. Blaze won, but only back in the day with Reaper. Right, if you look at the way Blaze has been over the past year, it's been a washed-up mid laner, a either bad or mediocre jungler, depending on what you think Daydream and Helios are, and then a decent AD carry and a pretty bad support. No offense, TSM Lustboy. He's his his control of minion waves and watching him play during uh, 2013 spring is spectacular. To think that he's never ever won an OGN is just baffling. I'm gonna start mine off with a little bit of a disclaimer that I don't think this guy is stuck in Elo Hell, but he's definitely there right now. And I'm gonna look at Dignitas's Zion Spartan. That team has no idea what's going on right now. They are in free fall plummet, and they couldn't have picked a worse time. And honestly, when I watch the games, I feel like I'm watching those old Coast games. Like, yeah, every once in a while, Shifter's going to go off, and he's going to you know, play amazing, and Nintendo Dex or Crumbs now, like, they'll have good games. But really, it's Zion gets fed or his team loses, and it's still that way. Though maybe it's his play style with his carry top laners and needing a lot of farm. So... Maybe it's a little bit on him, but he is far and away the best player on that team in the last three weeks, and it's not his fault they have so many losses. What's funny is, Shifter is on this team also, and people were like, oh, I guess Dignitas picked up Zion too, and now he's doing better than Shifter. Which ELO Health support gets the least support? This one's easy for me. I'm going to stick in NA as well, again. And that's got to be Expecial. Expecial was roted by his peers, and... You know, 
esports personalities as the best support in NA. And now there's no way you could rank him in top three, not even close. And that's just because the talent he has around him, I'm skeptical to call it talent. Curse is a team that I just, I look at, like I said earlier in the question, I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. They're not getting better and they're not a bottom team. Like they're not going to drop to relegations, but really Expecial deserves so much better than, and I don't even like, I don't want to say he deserves better than cop because cop's not bad, but he deserves better than forever force curse that might end up in seventh place. I'm actually going to go with unlimited on this one from the Copenhagen wolves, just because last split, uh, when they still had forgiven and amazing, I kind of liked watching the wolves. I thought, uh, they were a fairly one dimensional team, but when they did it well, it looked fun. And so, and I thought unlimited, like, Unlimited was really good in that he wasn't so far behind Forgiven that he was holding Forgiven back, I felt. It was just the rest of the Wolves. And now he's still a standout player on that team, even without one of the best AD carries in Europe behind him. But the Wolves are still having to fight relegation. It doesn't seem like there's any place for him to move to, really, but I still think that if you gave him a much better carry than and uh, a jungler... Than... What player has the strongest back in the league? Pick your ELO AD carry who has to carry the hardest. I'm definitely picking Altec for this. He seems he's really the only choice that can be made. It's I remember he was on C9 Tempest, and I loved watching Tempest when they were in the Challenger scene. And so when he got pulled up into the LCS, I was really excited. And he's even better than he like he's looking even better than before. I mean, sure, he has a veteran support backing him up, but really, come on. Altec's the pick here, right? Yeah, that was kind of undisputed. Like, when I thought ELO Hell, AD Carry, I immediately went to Alltech. Maybe Mr. Ryla is a super hot crew, but that team's just doing so well right now. Like, they have a chance to be top three in Europe. Probably not, but better than what EG's got. What's funny, though, when thinking about Evil Geniuses is that I considered Inox and Polebelter both for their respective positions as well. Spoiler, I didn't pick Pobelter. So it's funny, like, if everyone on that team is in ELO Hell, who's really holding the team back? Uh, so much talent on Evil Geniuses. They're the opposite of Curse. I look at Curse and see, I don't understand how they're winning games with the roster they're putting out there. And I look at Evil Geniuses and I'm like, how are these guys not winning games? That's funny because um, I think that Evil Geniuses is, a- is actually almost the same as Curse. I think both teams have... You said Curse doesn't really have talent. I think both teams have plenty of talent. I think they're both packed with talent. The thing is, neither team has a clue what to do with it. They don't know... Like, they cannot locate a map with a friggin' map, if you know what I'm saying. Like, neither team can make it to the Nexus. I don't know why. But one thing we can agree on is that if Alltech had been picked up by, you know, C9 or TSM or, you know, CLG, he would be an indisputable all-star best AD carry in the West. So it's got to be the pick for. EG. I hope EG is ready to start throwing money at him because he has all the options in the world. Finally, these guys seem to play the position that historically is held back by the rest of the team. Pick your Elo Hell mid laner. All right, this might be a shocker to some people, but it's pretty straightforward to me. The Elo Hell mid laner is Faker. <laughs> all right, shut up. <laughs> Faker is the best player in the world. He's still the best player in the world. Mechanically, game sense, the man is a genius, and his team can't get him into the top four in Korea. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I understand SKT is a good team. They're probably going to go to Worlds. They'll probably do well at Worlds. But the fact that Faker has been left out of the OGN semifinals for the last two seasons is a joke. All right? And there's no other way to think about it. So, 
come on, put Faker on any of the Samsung teams. KT Arrows, wherever no, the no, other okay, SK team, Okay, I got to cut you off Those here. teams are going to the, at least the semis, <laughs> no, if no, not no. the finals. All right, here's the thing. First of all, I've said this already, but both times SK Telecom was eliminated by Samsung White, who's another... But then they lost team. to Frost in the semis of NLB. Yeah, but who cares about NLB? Nobody, like, Faker doesn't right. get out of bed for anything less than than the quarterfinals of the World Championship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you think he... You you expect him to care about what happens in the NLB semifinals? Like, who could possibly... All right, who's your mid laner? Uh, I picked Alex H just because he's not even the LCS and he's a world-class player. Like, there's really not much more I can say about that. Yeah, that's true. Look at how much he messed at Gambit, and they fell apart without him. <laughs> if he doesn't get in, NIP might get the record. They'll beat out Coast for the team holding back their mid laner the worst. All right. We're almost finished. But first, don't forget to check out our Twitter, at the Rapid Recall. Or, if you have any suggestions, you can shoot us an email at therapidrecall at gmail.com. Our final segment is called Ultra Rapid Fire Mode. Here, we'll do a quick recap of the things that interested us from the week, but we didn't have a chance to cover in the main show. One minute left. Take it away, DK. So tell me, is that Chaos wallpaper looking any better to you right now? Look, I'm on board the CLG Chaos hype train. In Season 2 MVP, we trust. Riot's looking to find the H2K for their forfeit in the Challenger League semifinals. Should they? Absolutely, and I think they should go to give them a tougher road into the LCS or something, because that's a joke, and if you want the Challenger scene to have any type of credibility, you can't let stuff like this happen. As of right now, Gambit is 2-1 in Super Week. Why are they winning games now that it doesn't matter? You know, maybe no one's told them that they're out. We should just tell them the knit match is to queue for Worlds, and they'll get into Season 5. Easy peasy. What odds would I have to give you to, for you to take complexity getting into Worlds? Alright, so the Eagles are 6-1 to one favorite, or the 6th best favorites to win the Super Bowl. I think complexity is the 6th best odds to get into worlds from NA. So I'm going to have to go with 25 to one odds. Complexity makes it into the worlds. The KT Pullets are playing musical chairs. Think they'll ever be your favorites again? What I learned this year is I was never actually a Bullets fan. I was only ever a Cacao fan. So today of all days, I can't really complain. And finally, which Samsung team will be, pay- will be playing the Arrows in the OGN finals in a few weeks? I'm going to have to go with white because blue doesn't really have anything to play for. I'm not saying there's going to be collusion, but if you're blue, why are you showing your best strats for a match that doesn't matter? Let your sister team go through, and maybe a Samsung team will actually get out of the groups this year at Worlds. All right, that's it for this week. Enjoy the Rift Summoners.